Gone are the taboo days of pot. As cannabis becomes increasingly celebrated, understood, and legal, it's still a long way from eradicating the stigmas created from years of misinformation. We're investigating facts, cutting through fiction, exploring medical solutions, and sharing the stories of the people making it all possible on the Cultured Cannabis Podcast. Welcome to the Cultured Cannabis Podcast. I'm your host, Alexis Rodriguez. I'm excited to kick off the first episode in a really fun way. Yesterday, I had the privilege of meeting some incredible people making waves in the industry and chatted with several of those individuals at Tony P's networking event from Electric Hotel in Chicago's River North neighborhood. I hope you enjoy getting to know a little bit about them as much as I did. Let's go to our first guest, Jenny Cohen, co-founder of Flame Princess Confections. Jenny, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks you so much for joining us this evening. So why don't we start off with what is Flame uh, Princess Confections? Tell us a little bit about your business. So Flame Princess Confections is a edibles brand uh, that my partner Rebecca and I put together. Um, it is one of several brands that we have built over the years. We've known each other for over a decade in the restaurant and wow. catering world. Um, so it's just an example of some of the higher end elevated items that you can get and trying to eliminate the stigma of your classic uh, pot brownie perhaps right, right and yeah. uh, do some more high-end food items so both packaged goods and then also private events mostly in the Chicago land area of infused and not infused appetizers desserts etc so you know all that kind of stuff as well that's awesome and so tell how did you get into cannabis infused uh, treats in the first place well I I've been joking lately that cannabis is the only uh, thing that's been consistent in my life for the last 25 years. It's my longest relationship. Um, And so I guess I had never really considered the fact that that cannabis could be my career. And it all just kind of happened. I had been a restaurant owner for many years, owned a catering business, did a lot of festivals, craft services for a lot of your big TV shows here in Chicago. but also had always consumed cannabis. And uh, when COVID hit, decided to finally like really hone in on merging those two things together professionally, not just for fun for my friends. Yeah, well, I was gonna ask, what type of treats do you focus on? Is it just desserts? Do you guys do savory as well? Yeah, so uh, Becky, my my business partner, uh, she goes by Becky Two Blunts, and I go oh, by I Lady Gaganja. Oh. So you'll see us at a lot of events, either emceeing or speaking on panels, both as Lady Gaganja or Becky Two Blunts. <laughs> um, and, and those identities to us are important because they represent our personalities, but also because Um, As restaurant owners and people in the food and beverage market before, we don't want to get tied to one particular brand. We want Flame Princess to just be an example of one of the things that we're capable of building and and creating in the cannabis market. So um, yeah, as I mentioned, Becky went to culinary school. Um, She's a pastry chef. She's super talented in the kitchen. Um, I am more of your home chef. I learned from my grandmother's. Um, in a Cuban and Jewish household. Oh wow! So, what a mix. Yeah, I got Great I food. got I got the Juban, the Juban, <laughs> Juban. special. <laughs> I love that. I haven't and, heard that one yeah. yet. <laughs> or, or the Miami, the Miami special, mostly made in Miami. <laughs> That's so awesome. So, so yeah, it's just um, you know we both come from the restaurant world, and that's how we met initially. And so we do both savory and sweet things. Again, it's just an opportunity to really eliminate the stigma and the complexities of how cannabis can be utilized. 
normalized. You know, yeah. if we have our chocolate martini, why can't we also have oh, our, you know, our, bur- our bourbon pork belly bites yeah. that are infused with cannabis or all of these other things that are that are similar to that. So Yeah, you're making my mouth water right now. It sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Um, I have to ask, Flame Princess, where did that name come from? I'm not sure if you're a fan of the TV show Adventure Time or not. I've heard of it. I can't <laughs> say that I've religiously watched it, but I assume it comes from that show. It, it okay. does, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've always... We both have, you know, pink, orange, red, flame flame-colored hair oh, in it. one way or another, so we've always definitely related to that character, and we always show up looking like cartoon characters anyway, so. <laughs> I was going to say, I love your outfit. Thank it's, you. it's beautiful. <laughs> um, so what's next for Flame Princess Confections? Oh, we are, you know, we're familiar with producing food in, in, in mass. Uh, we've both vended both independently and together at events like Lollapalooza, Coachella, Bonnaroo, so we know how to feed Very thousands awesome. of people at once. Yeah. And I want to make sure that we can um, create kind of this higher end foods and edibles and introduce people into, in a more comfortable way with, with stuff they're more familiar with um, in an in edibles fashion. So ideally, um, finding someone to partner with or getting our own infusion license here in Illinois. Um, great. So that we can start producing in bulk. Yeah, best of luck on that. Thank I, you. I tried some of your cookies earlier and they were delicious. Thank so you. I'm excited to hear more. So before uh, before we go, well, how can people find you guys? How can they order? Um, you can find us at flameprincessconfections.com and all the infos there about private events, about our packaged goods, etc. So you can find out how to get all of our delicious treats right there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. Thanks no, thank for you for having us. me. I appreciate it. My next guest is Craig Cecil. Craig, how are you doing tonight? I'm well, I'm well. Good, well thank you so much for joining me. Um, You have an incredible story. I'm excited to share it. So why don't you tell me a little bit about you and what brings you to a cannabis event tonight? Um, Well, I I fancy myself as one of the founders of the cannabis (laughs) industry. Back in 2001, the DEA handed me an indictment that said I was responsible for bringing 39 semis full of marijuana to the Chicago area from Mexico. Wow. When the judge got done, he said I was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. My goodness. And sadly, I was there for 19 years Mm. until last year, President Trump granted clemency to me because he said the sentence did not fit the crime. Wow. Well, since leaving prison, as you know, in America, we, we don't leave our wounded behind. Right. So I'm fighting for all the other marijuana offenders that I left back in federal prison and also the ones in state prison. That's incredible. So how, how are you doing that? Are you working with lawyers, with legal teams? What's your process? All of the above. All of the above. I communicate <laughs> daily with over 200 of, of the federal marijuana prisoners by email. And I work with a group called the, uh, the Human Solution International. Okay. That started 12 years ago fighting for the legalization of marijuana and then they realize that that has to involve the people in prison for marijuana right absolutely and we're working to not only to get legal aid to get them out but working with politicians to change our laws and the ones that do give out that get out of prison working to help them get on their feet again what are some of the biggest challenges that you guys are facing right now on in this fight 
Well, unfortunately, as I say, I, the cannabis industry, like here in Chicago, never had a fight to create customers. Yep. All those customers were created through those 39 semis full of marijuana. <laughs> like you said, founding father, right? <laughs> and uh, from that, the cannabis industry never had a fight for customers. They never had to convince anybody they wanted to buy marijuana. But nowadays, the cannabis industry is unfortunately limited to a bunch of people that have the money and influence to get those licenses, to create those businesses, to go forward. So they're not behind me in my plight to fight to make it so marijuana is legal for anybody. And it's as easy to open a marijuana dispensary as it is to open a liquor store or a hair salon. Yeah. But I I don't want the people arrested anymore. And I want the people in prison, out of prison. But yet the cannabis industry doesn't want that competition. And why is that? Well, unfortunately, the people like it, it, everybody I've interviewed that works in a cannabis dispensary, especially the bud tenders, mm. I ask them all a pointed question: Where do you get your marijuana? Ah, oh, and a they question. stay still from the guy on the corner. Yep, yep. I've heard that answer a couple of times myself. So that's yeah. the number one competitor, and of course, the the cannabis industry is a business, and I respect right. that. Right. They don't want that competition, but right. I want the people out of prison, and I, I you know, especially. I, I communicate with so many people with so many sad stories like mine. I can only imagine. How, and how do prisoners find you? Um, actually, I never even applied for clemency. The marijuana activists uh, from all over the country brought my information for, to the White House and convinced the president to grant me clemency. Wow. So this is proof that the activists like you, I, and so many others we can do big things. They got me out of federal prison from a life sentence. That's amazing. <laughs> and I, I know we're, we're almost on time, but if somebody's interested in helping, getting involved as well, what do you recommend? How can they help? Uh, please reach out to me. You can find me all over. My name is Craig Cecil, which means my email is C-R-A-I-G-C-E-S-A-L at gmail.com. That's easy enough. <laughs> and I want to help the people in prison, and I w- I'd like as much help as I can get to help them. That's great. Well, I wish you the best of luck on this fight. We are with you on this. And thank you so much for joining us this evening, Craig. And congratulations on coming out of prison. And we're excited to see what you do next. Thank you. It's, you can't imagine the excitement. I'm like a three-year-old kid <laughs> le- learning the world all over again. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks, Craig. Have a great rest of your night. Thank you. guest is Chelsea Mulligan, co-founder and COO of Open Door Dispensaries. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about Open Door Dispensaries. What's the vision? What's the story? So Open Door um, was born out of a great partnership between me and my partner, Kathy. Um, I've been in the cannabis space for about 10 years. And I have open, managed, and triage of 40 dispensaries now. So it's all my best practices and compliance. And then her background, she founded Kahala Brands in the 80s with her husband. And they are the franchisor for like Cold Stone Creamery, Blimpy Subs and Salads, and all of that. So her franchise knowledge, all of my cannabis operations and compliance knowledge, marry them together. And it's, 
I don't like saying it like this, but it's basically a business in a box, right? Like yeah. you can go to Starbucks in any city and you know exactly what you're going to get, the experience you're going to get, all yeah. of those things. And I believe that the same should be for, for cannabis. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. What is the Open Door brand? Um, so it is a retail cannabis franchise. Okay. So literally A to Z. We can help you with your license applications. We have it all built out. All of the SOPs are there, policies and procedures, ways to hire. Um, and then we support you, right? So a lot of consultants come in, they help you get it open, but then they exit. And now oh, what do you do? Got it, right. So we completely support you, both marketing, operations, employee management, and then compliance and regulation. So like we have a platform where if something new comes out with any state we're in, then it pushes to those owners so they know they have to educate their staff. That's amazing. So are you now just in the Chicagoland area? Or do you have you, are you guys branching out to other states? So um, I actually am from Arizona. Oh, cool. um, and we don't have one in Arizona. We actually are national, and we want to be international. Wow. Um, I want to help as many entrepreneurs as I can see their vision, own their business, have support, and flourish. And how does somebody find you? So if they wanted to open up an open-door dispensary, how does one go about that? Opendoordispensaries.com. We're also on Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn is a great place or just the website. It has a contact form um, and we'll reach back out immediately. And that's great. And so tell me a little bit about how you got into cannabis in the first place because you said you've been in the industry for about a decade or so. So how, what got you into cannabis? Um, I was managing chiropractic facilities and I literally just stumbled upon an ad for a dispensary management position and <clears throat> I started smoking at the age of 17 because I had hurt my back really bad in gymnastics and it was what I used to not be on a cocktail of five different um, pharmaceuticals. Oh, wow. I never really thought it would become my career. So when I saw the ad, I was like, so this is either going to be super cool or it's going to be really shady. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and I ended up opening all four of their locations in Arizona oh. and like learning as we took over other locations that people didn't have SOPs. They didn't have things for their employees to refer to, to have like a stable foundation to work from. Um, and so in 2015, I went out on my own and just started consulting for anywhere from 90 to 120 days with businesses and opening their stores, training their employees, hiring, getting brands on the shelves, training the GM, and then exiting. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's so cool that you got into it all because you hurt your back way back when. Yeah. And now here you are. I hope it's fully healed and there's no issues there. Thank you. Um, so about the dispensary itself, when you guys are looking to select products to sell, what do you guys look for and where do you go? So consistency is one of the biggest things. I do have a vendor qualification, like rubric, kind of. Okay. Um, because, you know, I want... the you're not going to be able to cross cannabis state or state lines with cannabis. Right. But if you know you like a full spectrum brownie in Illinois, then I'm going to make sure that I have that full spectrum brownie in New Jersey for that right. same customer. It may not be the same brand, but it'll be as close to the same ingredients, oil type, and then processes types. I really like to go into the facilities and look at what they're doing. Um, you know, do, do you actually clean your machines? Do you have logs for that? Like, do you right. have consistency? Do you actually have things written down so if you right. die tomorrow, somebody can like redo these things or is it going to be a completely right. different product? Right, exactly. <laughs> and if I have a gummy from one package of yours, is it the same, you know? Exactly. Same experience, same taste, same flavor, everything. That makes sense. That's there has to be consistency right. because people don't know what they're doing, right? There's so many new consumers. Right. If they have one bad experience, they're not going to come back. So right. to educate them and have consistent product is so important. Absolutely. And now for our listeners who are in uh, recreational 
legal states. Where are you guys located today, all your dispensaries? What states are you guys in? So we actually don't have any open. We just okay. launched um, in, the Ooh, last, in the last year. Okay. Um, and with COVID and everything, it's been a little yeah. bit more of a challenge. We are getting ready to sign two different deals in two different states. Congratulations. Um, so I don't want to say which states okay. yet, yes, um, but no they are, <laughs> they're on the complete opposite sides of the country, and it's really exciting. That's great. Um, and then... Right now, I'm running licenses in uh, L.A., so I do court-ordered receiverships, and I'm part of the receivership team that goes in and runs the businesses while the owners are litigating or having issues or whatever that looks like. Oh, that's exciting. Well, congratulations. Premature congratulations. That's exciting. We're looking for you guys on a coast near you, I guess, right? Um, Well, thank you so much for joining us, Chelsea. We really appreciate it. For those of you listening, definitely keep your eye out for Open Door Dispensaries. And if you're interested in becoming uh, a part of the franchise, reach out. Please. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. guest is Vincent E. Normand, founder of Marijuana Hall of Fame. Hey, Vincent, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for joining us. So okay. tell us a little bit about uh, Marijuana Hall of Fame. What is it that you guys do? So the Marijuana Hall of Fame is basically, it's going to be a museum, and it's a place where we celebrate people in the cannabis industry, people who have paved the way, the pioneers that have uh, championed the plant advocates for the plant, uh, states who have legalized the plants, and uh, politicians, uh, scientists who come up with CBD, uh, with cannabinoids and stuff like that. So we, basically, it's not, when people think about it, it's just for smokers. It's not just for people uh, who smoke the plant, cannabis, uh, marijuana. It's people who have paved the way in the industry as a whole and has helped us get this far. Oh, that's wonderful. So it's going to be a physical museum. Yes. And have, do you guys have a location yet, or is that still in the works? Well, right now it's still in the works. We uh, did some research and development, went to um, several places. Like, for an example, we went uh, to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay, And yeah. learned a little about what they do and, you know, take some pointers from them. Uh, we went to the Quarter Horse Museum. It was a, actually a Quarter Horse uh, Hall of Fame for oh, wow. horses and racers and wow. stuff like that. And so we went around kind of touring different museums and being able to understand the dynamics of it and then take bits and pieces and be able to, to incorporate the Marijuana Hall of Fame Museum. That's great. And so yeah. how did you come up with the idea? Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, I'm an avid, I'm a connoisseur. And uh, one day I was just riding down the street and, uh, you know, I was headed over to some friend's house. Uh, and I, you know, listened to the radio, turned it down, and this song came in my head and I was kind of singing about you know hanging out with my marijuana friends, marijuana gang, mm-hmm. and I said, put me in the Hall of Fame, Marijuana Hall of Fame. And when I said that, I said, oh wow, Marijuana Hall of Fame, oh my God. So <clears throat> I stopped for a moment and I had that, that kind of like that aha. Yeah. <laughs> I pulled over and I kind of Googled and I didn't see anything uh, in reference to that. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna start this journey. And I picked it up in this, in, called my attorney, we went through the process of getting things trademarked and registered That's and things great. like that. We start talking to people in the industry a little bit more about it. So That's wonderful. Now will you end up being here in Chicago or do you have other sp- other states in mind? We have other states in mind. Okay. I'm, I'm originally here from Chicago, you know, uh, a license holder in, in, the, in the industry, uh, a legalization of transportation license, uh, cultivation license, and dispensary license. So. Uh, now my focus is to you know get the marijuana hall of fame up and running Mm -hmm. and it might be here in chicago 
definitely uh, in Las Vegas, tourist place, uh, looking at California and looking at Colorado, New York, and Oklahoma. So we're looking at states where it's legal you know, okay. on the recreational side. Right. But, you know, and being able to have a platform for each, each state. That's great. Now, do you already have your inaugural Hall of Famers in mind, or is that still something you guys are working on? You, you know, it's, it's been interesting. Uh, like I said, you know, doing research and development and going out and just talking to cannabis uh, people. And, uh, you know, like, I throw a name at you, like Bob Marley. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> yeah. Snoop Dogg. Yep, yep. Heard Willie, of him. Willie Nelson. <laughs> right. You know, Seth Robin. Yep. Um, you know, uh, Raphael, is, he's the... I, his last name is kind of drawn a blank, but Raphael is the uh, the person behind the scientist that uh, you know created the CBD, the, the cannabinoids. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, the first, the, the president from uh, Uruguay, you know, also is the first country to make cannabis uh, legal. So you know, we letting the industry kind of decide if people kind of come up with who they think should be in the marijuana hall of fame, and then collectively we come up with the names, and then we kind of get a, a sense of people voting those people in. That's exciting. Well, I love this. And, and to say it all started with a song. I love it that. It all started with a song. With yes. a song. Yes. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Vincent. This is great. Everybody look out for the Marijuana Hall of Fame Museum coming yes. to a city near you. That's you right. know? Uh, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. guest is Amy Nathan, founder of Growmentum Labs. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Alexa? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining me. So tell us a little bit about Growmentum Labs. Well, first of all, we are a business accelerator. If you've heard of an incubator, it's similar, but okay. it is more time-bound and intensive. Okay. Um, yeah. And so we accelerate new business owners and help them really launch and sustain their businesses in the space of cannabis, hemp, and all the ancillary supporting services and goods. Now, do you work with cannabis companies across the nation? It's a great question. Um, we started here in Illinois. Okay. Illinois ran into some troubles. Ah. Um, and people started to approach us from other states. And since we couldn't really move forward with the Illinois market, we have moved forward with others. But Illinois is our basis. And what made you come up with this idea in the first place? What was the impetus for Gromentum? Um, well, about 30 years ago, when I was two years old. I was no, going to say, right? <laughs> um, 30 years ago, when I was first kind of entering the world, um, I worked in an incubator abroad in an area that was a very troubled part of the world and found that incubation really is cool and that startups is really how things have to happen. Really, mm. it, They're really amazing. Anyway... I left that world for about 20, 30, 25 years and did totally other things. And when this new law in Illinois came out, it, the, the, center, the central idea was social equity. And it, I recognized that going from, that it's just incredibly difficult to start any business. Right. To start a business that has so much capital required right. and that is so highly regulated mm -hmm. is... Is, and that you have to get into it like 
you're getting onto a fast-moving train and you're getting off a fast-moving train. There's never a time where it's not going so fast. So right. if you don't have the capability, the wherewithal, the experience to have done exactly that so quickly, it it won't work. It's not going to work. Right. And so that's it. It just seemed like all these things that ha that I had worked on in the past sort of happened all together at the same time. Yeah. And I realized that there was a need here. The stars were aligning. For me. Yes. And, you know, and then the, the bill went live and we had a law and, you know, there are a lot of new businesses started. So what do you, what have you found has been some of the biggest challenges for these cannabis companies starting? Well, in Illinois, there was a, the center of the law was social equity. So there was favorability to, if somebody qualifies as social equity, they have a leg up, let's say, in terms of getting one of these licenses. And so everything that we've done has been for that, that group of people, and okay. that's really it. Um, their licenses got held up and have been held up in court for a very, very long time. For over, a, well, two years, two years ago now, they were submitting them. So wow. they've been waiting around for two years. Um, and, you know, they've thrown their life into it. And yeah. the fact that they can't move forward and the fact that they can't officially raise capital and they can't start really doing it. It's just a huge setback. It was hard to begin with, but then the government really raised their expectations that they were going to be able to move on in their life. And not only did they not move on, but they're very much backwards because they've put in so much you know, money that they didn't have, basically. Yeah. And they're not really making any return at all, if anything, the ne negative. So it's just very difficult. Raising capital while you've got late, all these legal challenges right. makes this really an impossible business. Right, because the legal fees in and of themselves plus... Oh, yeah. the fees, but the time that it the takes, time, all yeah. this time, you have to be not operating, but right. not operating. Yeah. Exactly. And people need jobs. Right. Two years to go in that situation. They, let, they quit their job because they thought they were going to start this business. You know, so it's just yeah. a very a huge hardship for the, for the owners of the business. Absolutely. What are some of the things that Gromentum offers these companies? Um, for the ones that you have been able to kind of get up and running, yeah. what are the kind of things that you guys helped out with? Well, um, we have a very intensive, immersive program, and it is really everything that you need to do to launch your business. Every part of the business, what does it mean? You know, what are the things you have to go through? How do you fill those things out? How do you create those things? Do you have a website? Do you have a brand? Do you have, and in a very short amount of time, we help a business get all those things under their belt so that they can open up like in 16 weeks. Wow. And so um, that's basically, that's, that's what we do. It almost sounds like a, a business boot camp in a way. It is. Yeah, you get, yeah. get everything together. It's a, exactly. There are boot camps that are accelerators. Yeah. yeah. So if somebody wants to you know, contact you guys for help starting their own business, how do they find you? Gromentumlab.com. And it's a singular. Singular. One lab. Okay. Gromentumlab.com. G-R-O-M-E-N-T-U-M. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, thank Amy. You. Thank you for joining me. And uh, if you're interested in help with starting your business, please reach out to GrowMentumLab.com. Thanks. My next guest is Lisbeth Vargas Jaimes, founder and CEO of Cana Marketing U. Lisbeth, thanks for joining me. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm having such a great time. Good, good. I'm so glad to hear that. Well, why don't we start off with telling us a little bit about Canna U Marketing. What is it that you guys do? Absolutely. So Canna Marketing U is an educational cultural hub on a mission to onboard a thousand black and brown folks into the cannabis industry wow. on the ancillary side. So that looks like marketing, advertising, design, um, PR, events. Uh, one of the things that came about, uh, I started in the industry in 2016. I was a founding marketing leader for Mindful, which is a medical dispensary at the time. Okay. And being involved on the ground floor made me realize that there was a lot of barrier to entry for people who looked like me, who sounded like me, who had professional backgrounds like me. Um, and I've been a marketer my whole life, right? The last eight years in my professional setting. And so Canon Marketing U came about as a way to really... Uh, democratize folks' idea of what it meant to be in the cannabis industry. And I think it's a perfect example of leading by doing. So I became more involved in the space uh, as well as mentoring. I was doing what I would call 15-minute uh, coffee dates where I would speak I specifically that. with uh women, black and brown women, on figuring out how they could get on this, uh, the cannabis industry. My biggest thing is you can do what you love in the cannabis space. And nice. I think especially in our state here in Illinois, where there's some limitations and barrier to entry on the plant touching side, um, it really motivated me to show people that there is opportunity in the space as well as to make up for the fact that there's so many black and brown people in prison yes. uh, while there's so many you know, big state guys right now making and, and reaping in the benefits. So it's an exciting time. I'm looking forward to getting to work with more people and, and spreading the message. And how did you get into cannabis in the first place? You said you were in marketing, so where does that intersection happen? This is a funny story. So the year is 2016. Uh, I'm in grad school. I'm at Northwestern. I'm a jaded 23-year-old, uh, and I had, at the time, been a recreational user. Sorry, Mom, if you listen to this. <laughs> um, and I was at Northwestern. Uh, an alum had posted a uh, job opportunity. At the time, it was an internship. Um, and the funny story is, is that it didn't say it was a cannabis job. It said ah. it was like a drinks company. Okay. Um, so I went out, took the interview, and turned that internship opportunity into a founding member of this dispensary. Wow. Uh, at the time, 2016, the program was medical. Right. And so no advertising, like no, completely out of my element. You know, at this point, I've been in marketing for three years. I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, and this opportunity came about from really pitching myself during this interview and saying, hey, I have this vision for what cannabis should be. Mm. Um, and at the time, again, there's no real advertising marketing opportunity. It was more of relationship building. Our ideal buyer was a woman in her 60s, so it's a lot of educational, a lot of events. Um, I ran the, the consumer side of the dispensary for two years, and then the allure of tech. I, mm, I love tech. Right, I, right. I wanted to be in tech here in Chicago. It's, it's a big um, industry. And so I moved into tech, but I remained on the consulting side, doing one-on-one -on -one consulting for smaller cannabis brands, CBD brands, entrepreneurs looking to get into the space. Um, I think there's a the reason why my business car says more than buzzwords. I think that there's a lot of misconceptions and, and flashy meaning in the industry and, and right. people uh, claiming that they're uh, doing things. And, and I think because it's such a gray area, there's an opportunity for people to get swindled with the type of information that is out there, right. specifically in the space uh, when it comes to professional development, um, a lot of stuff out there. And so my focus has been to show people real life you know, examples um, in 2019. And, and actually, I, this is why I came about to this event because of Adelia. Um, in 2019, I put together a 26-person cannabis marketing panel wow. called Cash Into Cannabis. You can check it out at cashintocannabis.com. 
And that really came about of showing people that it was just more than dispensary owners. It was just more than the plant touching side. And it was predominantly women speakers like Adelia who shared their different passions in the space. Um, I charged like four dollars and twenty cents for the ticket. We had I 3, love that four twenty. Yeah. Yes. So it wasn't it wasn't a money grab. But it was more of like let's. Uh, my biggest thing is like uh, making information accessible. Accessibility. Yeah. Uh, I have a tech background. I have an academic background. Right. I'm a first generation Mexican American, and so I walk into rooms where I can be a fly in the wall, and that a lot of people aren't given the opportunity to. And so that's what excites me about what's coming next for the industry. Chances for innovation. The the players that are going to come in. I've been I've been in the game since 2016, so I'm I'm ready to see new faces. I get very excited when I see more women excelling in the space. Yes. Um, I try to work with people to remove that crabs in a bucket mentality where yeah. uh, you see everybody as a competitor. There's no you know reaching across the aisle, and so. Uh, I've been excited for the cannabis industry here in our state because there's been a lot of legacy events and that is really morphing into more of these, you know, cultural bigger events at this hotel in the middle of downtown. So uh, when I first saw my first billboard, my first cannabis billboard in 2019, I couldn't believe it because it seems so far away. Yeah, right. I know. All the time when I drive into the city for some reason and see the billboards, I'm like, oh, that's right. It's legal now. Um, So what do you see as one of the biggest opportunities for women, black and brown women specifically, in the cannabis space right now in 2022? I really do push the ancillary side, and again, more than buzzwords. So this is the idea that you don't have to be directly plant touching. So anything that you can do, anything that you are passionate about, you can do in the cannabis space. There's an opportunity for designers. I think that's a huge opportunity now. Copywriting, website, um, security, compliance, IT. Uh, Across the board, I think women are at an advantage because uh, we're able to really position ourselves and our skill sets. My biggest advice is for women who are entering the cannabis space, know your worth. Yes. Uh, break up with your imposter yes. syndrome. Do yes, it today. Yes, girl. Yes. And know that, that you are chosen for a reason. And if this is an industry that you're passionate about, don't take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. Build for yourself. Like in 2018, I was trying to break into a cannabis you know, agency, and that wasn't even a concept here in Chicago. So right. um, I am really focused on, on helping more women, more women of color enter into the space. And it's just the beginning. Yes. Um, even though I've been in the industry since 2016, and I will admit I get a little jaded, Stuff like this, meeting people like you and just events yeah. like this give me hope that, hey, there's more players in the space. Yes. There's more events in the space. There's more to come. Yeah. It's only the beginning, right? It's only the beginning. Only the beginning. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, before we let you go, how can somebody find you um, if they're interested in your services? Thank you. So our website is cannamarketingu, C-A-N-N-A, marketingu.com. You can also find us on Instagram at cannamarketingu. Upwards and onwards, y'all. There we go. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. Have a great day. My next guest is Adelia Carrillo, Chief Marketing Officer at Event High. Hi, Adelia. How are you? Hi, I'm good, Alexis. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. So for those of you listening, Adelia is actually one of the keynote speakers at the event this evening, all the way from Arizona. Um, So Adelia, tell us what brings you here. Yeah, so uh, Tony opened up the offer to come and share with everybody about our upcoming event. Uh, I'm initially, I'm the CMO of a company called Event High, as you said, and we're a ticketing platform for cannabis events. So we're very similar to Eventbrite. Okay. But outside of that, recently, uh, about a year ago, I, uh, me and my friend launched an event series called Blunt Brunch. 
for oh, women. I heard them talking about that. It sounded so cool. Yeah, is it? Well, I, I, I hope so. Yeah, yes. definitely. And it's for women executives or women in the industry as a whole. And we're just bringing them together to really network, but also empower each other so that we can continue to have more women uh, leaders in executive positions. I love that. What was the impetus that inspired you to, to start that? Honestly, it was so organic. I, I moved to Arizona. I'm from California. I've, I've been in the industry for about 10 years, and I was moving to Arizona, and I, I text my girlfriend that was, lives there, one of my friends that lives there, and I was like, hey, like, I'd love to just meet other women in this industry. Yeah. And she's like, okay, let's do it. Let's just get brunch. That was it. Wow. We met for brunch that one time with five other ladies, I believe it was, and they all left, and they were like, we need to do this again. And I'm and assuming blunts were smoked. <laughs> they, they, so that's the fun. It's yes and no, not there. Uh, but okay. so it's more for the blunt conversation. Ah, I gotcha. We talk about gotcha. imposter syndrome, that. being a woman executive, oh, those challenges the, that we can't talk meaning in front blunts. of our male counterparts sometimes. Wow, yeah. that is very clever. I love that. And how did you get into the cannabis space to begin with? So um, it was more of a personal journey. I, I came. I was in the consumer electronic industry. I was building a great career, um, but I, me and my fiance, we ended up getting pregnant, and uh, unfortunately, I had some health complications, which led to an emergency surgery, which then led to wanting to heal myself both physically and emotionally I'm after so sorry that. Sorry for your loss. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, and I turned to cannabis. And, and that's literally, it 180'd me as a human, wow. as my career, as everything. And so that's, that's really when I was like, hmm, what can I do for this plant to like help other women or, or just other beings to maybe, you know, find out about cannabis. That's incredible. And I, I heard earlier that you guys are doing a blunts and brunch event here. So are you doing these events nationally? This is our first year. Yeah, we're okay. taking it on the road. We're going to be in Chicago on April 6th. We're going to go to Southern California in the summer, back to Arizona in the fall, and then end the year in uh, Vegas during MJ BizCon week. And what's the criteria for a woman who is interested in joining you know, this brunch? Is it Do they have to be in the cannabis space, or do you open it up to women from different industries? That's a great question. So we have the two components. So the beginning of the event is for 50 women executives in cannabis. Okay. So they do have to be either in you know an executive position, a founder, or a leader management position, and that's for the brunch. Okay. After that, we ha we turn into another event in in that same event, but it turns into a social, and that allows for any woman and and allies right. to come and network, <laughs> but. Initially, the, the business launched for women executives. Okay. And, and that was great, but we listened to the feedback, and it was, we also recognized we need to help women that are starting. Right. Women that are working, that want to be brought up into these bigger positions. And so that's when we were like, okay, how can we still meet both? Because women executives need mentorship too. Of course, yes. So yes. that's how it transitioned into that two-part that, event. That's wonderful. And now that you've been in this space for about 10 years, you said, what do you see as the biggest opportunity for women executives in this space? Now that we're in 2022, you know, it's legal. I feel like almost every year now there's new states that are adding the law. Um, so, yeah, what, what do you see that, the future? So the biggest thing I, I've said 
since day one and I'll continue to state is find out what you're good at or, or bring your skill set into this industry. This industry, yep. yes, we've been around for a while. Yes, there's other states that have been doing it for a, a long time, but we still need those skill sets that come in all different areas. I'm not a grower. I, I basically have tried and they don't grow. They just, it's not me, okay? So I wouldn't be fit there, you know? But I know some people think that's where you have to start, at a dispensary or at as a grower. And those are great positions, but if they're not for you, don't try to make it fit. There's right. other opportunities and skill sets that we need in this industry where you can thrive. I love that. And how are you getting that education out to women today about, hey, like this is the other areas of cannabis you can get into. It's not just, you know, in this little box. Yeah. Um, It's just word of mouth. You know, that's the one thing I, I, uh, my main company, we're an event ticketing platform. And that's the biggest thing is I tell newcomers or or anybody in the industry, go to networking events, go to any kind of cannabis event. You could find jobs there. You can network and build community. And even though it's moving forward to recreational in many states, it's still that who do you, you know, that that community. There's still a, they'll hire you if they know somebody that you know or, you know, somebody can vouch for you. It's still really that kind of community atmosphere in this industry. So go to as many events as you can to find out. Absolutely, and I love that. And I I did want to ask about, because you did say your your main job is Event High, and you guys do work with, are you working with dispensaries? Like, who do you work with for that event ticketing platform? So all different types of event organizers. We're seeing brands host their own events. We're seeing dispensaries host their own events. And then regular event organizers or chefs. Uh, Just anybody that wants to create a unique experience around this plant, uh, they're able to on our platform. And so so we work with them all. Best example, we found an event called Sushi and Doobie where you could learn, learn how to roll a joint. Or, and learn how to roll a sushi roll. Wow, yeah. I love so that. So any experience can go with cannabis. That's so great. So if anybody's interested in finding out more about Brunch and Blunts, or is it Blunts and Brunch? Blunt Brunch. Blunt Brunch, thank you. <laughs> if anybody's interested in finding out more about Blunt Brunch, or even Event High, where can they find out more information? Yeah, so go to Event High, like H-I-E-V-E-N-T-H-I dot I-O for Event High. Or for Blunt Brunch, it's BluntBrunch.com. BluntBrunch.com. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us. I think have a great rest of your evening. And uh, if you guys are interested in either hosting an event or going to an event, uh, please reach out to Adelia. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoy getting to know a little bit about them as much as I did. Be sure to check out the next episode of the Cultured Cannabis Podcast as one of last night's MCs, Lori Parfit, shares her cannabis story.